0: Thank you. Let's pray for the word. Lord, as we open up your word today, you would continue to speak to us by your spirit through your word. This is our prayer. Amen. Amen. Sean's going to help us soon in a few minutes um, in an illustration. But uh, So we're going through uh, a short series on the rebuild. The rebuild. So um, we're back from COVID to an extent, <laughs> uh, and it is a bit of a reset, a rebuild. And so first, uh, Warren kicked this off with the um, parable of good seed. That was the first of the series. And then I talked about numbers and how the good seed um, produced huge numbers, huge harvest, 30, 60 ninety or a hundred times the third message was from Matthew sixteen eighteen. it was Peter's confession where Peter said you are the Christ you are Jesus you are the rescuer you're the one we've been waiting for and Jesus response was ah, awesome and on this rock I will build my church So on the rock of that faith and on the the leadership of Peter, Jesus said he's going to build the church. And so the final today is three very, very important sayings of Jesus that over the centuries the church has identified these three as really important sayings of Jesus. Uh, The greatest commandment, the new commandment, and the last commandment greatest commandment, the new commandment, the last commandment, so there's three and I was trying to think, what? how can I illustrate that? And so Sean's going to help me. Um, He's going to bring up it's a surfboard with three fins, which they call uh, a thruster and um, so um, yeah, right. So To begin with, hold hold it up, please, Sean. Actually, I'll hold and I'll ask questions. So in the old days when surfboards were invented,
1: (laughs) there was only one fin. Why was that? So what what actually happened, Carl? Okay. um, So obviously Captain Cook had turned up to Hawaii and spotted surfing for the first time, and it must have been amazing. And the Hawaiians were actually, in the first instance, they were using their uh, canoes coming in from fishing and dragging their oar along and riding ways. Ended up, long story short, carved out a board, had a longboard, had no fin, and they would drag their back foot, so they, they did have a single fin, just their back foot off the side, and they would drag it along, and that would be their steering. As we went on, it got into the 50s, and the single fin was invented. So they stuck a single fin in there, but it would track... It would just track in one line, it was quite stiff, quite hard manoeuvrability, you had to be really accurate with your lines with it and then you'd be fine if you were really accurate but not everyone's super accurate. So it would tend to track and go in one, one direction. Okay,
0: and then was it like the 70s or the 80s? Right. Um, uh, twin fins
1: were it. All right. So, how'd that go? All right. So, so, so getting sick of going in one line, it took years and years. So, we've gone from the 50s to the 70s before some genius said, I'm tired of going straight. <laughs> and he, and he does, I think, well, Mark Richards was, has got a lot of credit for it or been heavily involved in it. I'm sure there was somebody else who had some twin fin on there before that. But Mark Richards is famous for the twin fin and being able to um, ride that really well. But what happened is he he said, well, I'm sick of going in a straight line. So he took that fin out, stuck these two side fins in, left the back one. But he had all the maneuverability he wanted. So they were really high performance. They were flying all over the place. They were were called skatey. And there was a few few Hawaiian buttons and... um, a couple of the other, uh, Larry Bertelman, were, were doing radical manoeuvres on these twin fins. So they were really, like, all over the place. But what ends up happening is you ended up with two camps. So there was the guys who were stuck on the single fin. They'd been refined the single fin. They loved the single fin. It was too skatey for them. Then you had this whole crew that hated the single fin. They were all for the, for the manoeuvrability. So you had these two camps, this, this fight going on between these two guys. And...
0: Um is it true that one of the troubles with a twin fin is sometimes the fin would kick out
1: and, right and, right yeah. for the, for, so, so again, so if you, if you were good on that single fin, you, you had to be really accurate on the twin fin again you could be highly skilled and, and be able to use that those fins, but just for the average punter, they would some of the times they would slide out, so a lot of average surfers were skidding out on those on those so you had guys chopping back and forward back and forward.
0: and then. Uh, most times now, if you go to a beach, probably nine out of ten, except for the big boards, will have three fins. So what's so good about three fins? Uh, thruster, they call
1: it, eh? Yeah, so here, and then we go. All of a sudden, uh, sick of sk- skating, Simon Anderson's on the northern beaches in Sydney, and he says, I think the brilliance of this was really the innovation for for Simon Anderson, all in one s- foul swoop, because we could have gone on for years just dragging it. Instead of just having the big 12-inch fin and the two big twin fins hit, which he could have gone out with, he has this clever idea to himself, and he says, I'm a big guy. I'm, I, I, want, I want the best of both worlds. He, he shrunk the fins, which I think is the most innovative thing of it, that just to make them all a different size, all even, like this, and stuck them on, and bingo. And we're now 40... That was 1981, so we're 41 years down the... Um, yeah, yeah, 981? Yeah, yeah. And so we're 40 years of this design being like really working well. And um, it's, it's just, they're actually a guide. So the, these three fins are just pillars. They're a guide to the surfboard. And there's another element to, the, to this whole thing. It's a bit like when Matt was talking last week about the flower it looked alive while we were holding it here, but it, had, it was no longer attached to the tree. So essentially, it was dead. And it's the same with this. These three pillars, they are look alive and they're lively, but unless they have a third element and are connected to the rest of this surfboard, the rail, and the surfer riding it, they're just dead. There's nothing to these.
0: Hey, what's well up? So, uh, three fins of power, three fins of power. And the first one is the greatest commandment, Um, the greatest commandment of Jesus. Thank you, Sean, and thank you, um, Dan, and and Meredith, and Rachel, it's awesome, we appreciate that. And uh, as we go along, you see, actually, um, the songs that were chosen do fit in today, so... um, the greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 34 to 40. So Jesus had just had this verbal tussle with the Sadducees, and there were two major religious groups in the in the days of Jesus. One was called the Sadducees, one was the Pharisees, two sort of political groups of the religious leaders. Uh, the Sadducees, they were anti-supernatural, didn't believe in angels, demons, the resurrection. They were sad, you see. But the Pharisees, um, they believed in all that. And the Sadducees, their power base lay more in the actual temple of Jerusalem where the Pharisees, they were more spread throughout the land and their power was more in the synagogues. And the Pharisees had more respect of the common people And so they were political foes, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, at the time of Jesus and also the time of Paul. And so in our passage here, the Pharisees are really excited that their political foes, the Sadducees, had come off second best with a verbal tussle with Jesus. So the Pharisees come to Jesus and ask Jesus a question. The question is, what is the greatest commandment? Let's read that. Matthew 22 Verses 34 to 40. Matthew 22: 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question: "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" Jesus replied, "Love Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I really like it, uh, this verse, um, verse 37 in Te reo as well, it says, "Kamea iu ki uh, ki whakapaua, to wairua, to hingaro, ki tāroha, ki, tā ariki, ki tā atua. And um, that word, fakapoa, po means to exhaust, uh, like kua um, po uh, out of wind, hose wind, or kua um, po miraka, oh, we're, we're out of milk. And here it says fakapoa um, tonako, uh, so expend your heart, expend your soul. Expend your minds on loving God. And the Pharisees, they wanted one answer. And it looks like they got two, but not really. Jesus says, I love God and love your neighbor, because the two cannot be separated. Hey, they can't be separated. And Jesus says, this, it's sort of like the twins I love of God cannot be stripped of a human focus. And love of people can only be truly empowered by the Spirit of God. They naturally go together. Love God, love your neighbor. Part of Shah's uh, faith story is a work colleague. Uh, Shah came from a non-Christian family, and um, she noticed this work colleague had this... um, this faith, but also this incredible relationship with her mother. See, it was not only about God, it was horizontal as well. Uh, Also, I remember reading this newspaper article of a secular economist, um, Garth Morgan, and he was a motorbike enthusiast. In fact, he did a motorbike tour of Africa. And in this article, he says, despite being atheist and secular he couldn't help but notice as he travelled around Africa that the, some of the best and most humanitarian work was being done by evangelical Christians. They were doing it. They were doing the mahi because they love God and they love their neighbour. Love God, love your neighbour. In fact, Luke's version of this, our uh, Luke 10, straight after this, is the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, who is my neighbor? Well, the neighbor is someone who is in need. That's your neighbor. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is a quote from Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, with a, a little twist by Jesus. If, if Jesus had followed properly Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, he would have finished with might. But Jesus says, mind. But in in fact, in Jewish thought, there's quite a crossover from the internals. Heart, soul, mind, they, they overlap. And Jesus is saying, with all your internals, expend yourself on loving God with all your heart and soul and mind. And love your neighbor. And these two things go together. So that's one fin, the greatest commandment. And now Jesus' Jesus's new commandment, fin number 2, John 13, 34 to 35. John 13, 34 to 35. Uh, starting from 33, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you now. Where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I'm going, you cannot follow, but you will follow me later. Love one another as I have loved you. You know, in the Bible, in the Bible, uh, there's quite, quite a bit where people of faith, when they're left alone, they tend to get up to mischief. When you think about it, Moses up on the mountain getting instructions from God and the people down below getting up to mischief. Joseph in Egypt. And uh, brothers come. He's alive, awesome. uh, Joseph sends them back to get the father, Jacob. Genesis 45, and and Joseph says this. He says, and don't fight on the road. (laughs) Uh, Joshua. Joshua leads the people into the promised land. And then the kind of the occupation of the land fizzles a bit. They have ups and downs. The very last verse of Judges says this. The people had no king and everyone did what was right in his own mind. Saul, waiting for the prophet Nathan, Saul gets impatient, pretends he's a priest and does the sacrifice himself. And Jesus with Peter, James and John they go up to the mountain, the transfiguration. And in the very same chapter, there's that, that age-old fight that the disciples always seem to be having with each other of, and probably because they got a bit jealous of those chosen three up on the mountain, just them, the inner circle with Jesus. But and then later on, there's this, this fight they always seem to have is, who is the greatest? So we see in the Bible this this habit, this tendency when the people of faith are left alone altogether, they tend to fight. So um, just imagine this scenario, will you? You pull up in front of a dairy, the kids are in the car, and you say to them, you stay here altogether, I'm going in there, and no, you can't come, and no, you're not going to have any lollies, I'm not going to buy any ice creams, and um, no, you can't come. I know you're all fully vaccinated, and I know you've got your mask, but no, you're going to stay in the car and don't fight. (laughs) Don't fight. And this is what Jesus is saying. I'm going, you're staying, all together, and don't (laughs) In fact, Jesus says, love one another. This is the new command of Jesus. I'm going, you're staying, and don't fight. Love one another. Sometimes, actually, it's easier to love the other nay. Eh? to love the stranger on the road, the one in need, the one battered and bruised, that random act of kindness. It's kind of simple over and done with. No ongoing relationship required. Random act of kindness. And to those we're in that in that vehicle with, all together, squished up, we've seen each other all the time, and we're supposed to love each other. But Jesus says, love one another. This is a new commandment. Well, is it new? It's not really new, but it's new in two uh, particular ways. It's a new standard of love. And Jesus says the measure of this love is himself. Love the way that I loved. Sacrificial. And Jesus had just washed his disciples' feet and He was actually going to give his life for his friends. There's a new standard of love. New standard of love. It's a higher love. And it's also new in that there's a new result. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. All men will know that you are my disciples. When I'm gone, the attention will turn to you. And the world, the watching world will know that you are my disciples. Uh, a great North African theologian from the 2nd century was the name of uh, Tertullian. Uh, from North Africa, Carthage, which is modern-day Tunisia. Uh, he was from a pagan family, pagan background, uh, came to faith in middle age, about 197 or 198 AD. There are 31 existing books and he was one of the first theologians who wrote in Latin and uh, trained uh, like a lawyer in philosophy, uh, rhetoric and Latin and they think he was a lawyer and so the way he wrote was like a lawyer. And he said this: "Look how Christians love one another. The pagans, they hate one another, and they are ready to die for each other. But the Christians, um, uh, sorry, the pagans are ready to kill each other. The Christians will die for each other. Look how they love one another. And uh, can I say just over COVID, it's just been wonderful. It's been fantastic to see and for us. (laughs) <laughs> to experience ourselves, just how people have really cared f- uh, for people and families that have had COVID. You know, us together and even people we haven't, we don't know. Hey, down in Wairua, um It's been fantastic. It's been a great win. It's well done. You know, it's been awesome. Uh, so that's one example. Another one I just heard last week of love. And it's from our old church down in Porirua. And a lot of, a lot of our folks there, um, they actually... Uh, holiday is not a thing for them. Uh, when there's a funeral in a different part of the country, they'll go. But like to, to organise and plan and book and, and have the money to go on a holiday was not really their thing. And so um, every two years, our church, we used to try and go on a camp But the people really struggled uh, financially for that. Our old pastor Jeff, he's been here. He said, um, someone, an anonymous uh, gift, has paid for the whole church to go on camp. Over 10K worth. Over uh, 114 people at the moment. Isn't that awesome? Love one another. Love one another. Greatest commandment, love God, love your neighbor. Second fin, a new commandment, love your brother and sister in the faith. And the last commandment, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven, And on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Four things from these three verses. First one, go. Go to all nations, verse 18. And nations in the ethnic sense, not in the political sense. In fact, the original word is ethne, where we get our word um, ethnic. So it's people groups, it's language groups. And that's, that's a positive thing, That's not a negative thing. And one of the interesting developments in mission studies has been this, uh, on recent years, strong pushback against the sected theory that Christian mission has been destructive uh, on local language and culture. And some of this, the studies coming out are saying that is not true. That is not true. In fact, there's a missiologist, just died 2019, I think. His name is uh, Lamin Sanay. He's uh, West African. And... Uh, he, He came from a Muslim background as a uh, teenager, converted to the Christian faith. Actually found it hard. He went to two missionaries, had to go to to find someone. Two missionaries refused to baptize him because they, anyway. So, um, but he says this, written lots of books. He says, Christianity differs from Islam in this regard, whereas Islam, it's all based on Arabic of, of 7th century. But Christianity is always translated into the local uh, culture and local language. And so it affirms local cultures and local languages. Go, go to all ethnic... In fact, in Revelation, what's going to happen at the end? All... Oh, Nations and all languages will be before Jesus, worshipping him in local languages, local dress, maybe, local culture. It's going to be awesome. Go to all nations. Go. Second one, grow. Make disciples, not just scalps. You know, help people mature in their faith really good and the youth at the moment they're just really pushing in on this with um, the book of Colossians Um, make disciples this relates to the other two fins learning to love God our neighbour and our Christian brothers and sisters go, grow show this uh, this is uh, the baptism thing, it's a public display you know baptism is not private it's it's a Indication, I'm in. This is it. I'm going to follow Jesus. These are my brothers and sisters. Show. Last one is no. Know. know two things. Verse 18, all power has been given to Jesus. All power has been given to Jesus. All power has been given to Jesus. My God is so big, so strong. And so mighty, all power has been given to Jesus. Verse 20, and he will be with us right to the very end. All power has been given to Jesus. He will be with us, which means we've got the power. We've got the power. As we finish, ask, we want to ask this. Do you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Are you expending yourself on this? Expend yourself on loving God with all all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. This is base one. This is where we start. Loving God. Expending ourselves on loving God with all the heart and soul and mind. This is base one, and if you've lost your way, if you've lost your way, as we pray today, give yourself back to that. This, this is it. Love God with everything, and if you've never said yes to that, today could be your day to say yes to that—to love God with everything. Amen. I surrender. I die to self, I am yours, Jesus. Let's pray. Yeah, and uh, if you want to put out your hands, put out your hands. Holy Spirit, come. Come now, you're welcome. You said you'd always be with us by your Holy Spirit. And you've, you've come. And so, Lord, if people need to say yes to you again today with everything, Today, let them say it today. Holy Spirit, empower them today.
1: And those uh, three fins that were the thruster of our faith, they're just guides, like those fins are just guides in the water, but without a surfer or the rails or the rest of that board, which is like the Holy Spirit, they've, they've got to be applied with the with the power of God, or the Holy Spirit has to be involved in those three. So we can read those commandments, and we need to be empowered, just like the... Um, when Matt was saying about the flower that had been chopped off that, you know, unless it's connected to the root, which is Christ and the Holy Spirit. It's just words.